welcome to another episode of Sleep Whispers. I'm Harris, and this is my curious little podcast of whispered ramblings and whispered readings, which I hope will help you to relax and fall asleep. Episode number 179, and specifically, it's a fade-out episode. So I'll start with my usual guided relaxation to tuck you in, and then to fade you out, I'll follow that up with a poem, Rip Van Winkle, M.D., by Oliver Wendell Holmes. If you're a new listener, then welcome to my little world of whispers. Each week, I rotate through one of six types of episodes to calm those overactive squirrels in your brain. These include Whisperpedia episodes, Storytime episodes, trivia time episodes, chat episodes, batch episodes, and tonight you'll hear a fade-out episode. Now, in addition to this Whisper podcast, I've also created a special Nature Sounds podcast and a background noises podcast with episodes that are one hour long and eight hours long. In total, there are over 70 episodes, which include trickling streams, raindrops, thunderstorms, crickets at night, ceiling fans, white noise, a dehumidifier, a train ride, and much more. And most of these sounds I recorded myself with special high-quality microphones. So you get a, a 3D immersive experience. So if you're interested whisper episodes like this one, or my nature sounds, or my background noises, then feel free to click the links in the show notes, or visit my website at sleepwhispers.com. Alright, tonight's fade out is the poem, Rip Van Winkle, M.D. By Oliver Wendell Holmes. This was indirectly inspired by my listener, Sai, who actually suggested a different poet. Here's what Sai suggested. I was wondering if you're familiar with the works of Robert W. Service. He has a very consistent rhyming pattern 
in a timeless way. Inside, you were right. The poet Robert W. Service has that great rhyming patterns that I, I look for for this podcast. And his poems are pretty funny. The problem that I kept running into every time I found a poem that was the right length for me was that it ended up having too much violence in it, which probably isn't good while falling asleep. So, sigh. My apologies. But thank you for that. It was a really good suggestion. And the good news, sigh, is that you did inspire me to do another poem for a fade-out. The last time I did a poem in a fade-out episode was in episode 151, and I read the poem A Flying Visit by Thomas Hood, and that one was a, a funny story about a man in a hot air balloon. And tonight's poem, Rip Van Winkle, M.D., by Oliver Wendell Holmes, is also a funny story. So, your right side, I like poems that have a little bit of wit and humor to them. I'll first share a little background about the author, Oliver Wendell Holmes. He lived from 1809 to 1894. He was a poet, of course, an author, and also a medical doctor, or MD, who graduated from Harvard Medical School. So this kind of explains why he wrote a poem about Rip Van Winkle being a medical doctor. So this is not the original story of Rip Van Winkle. This is his retelling of it. Rip Van Winkle was originally written by Washington Irving in 1819. In that original story, Rip Van Winkle lives in colonial America, and around the year 1765, he takes a long nap for 20 years. When he wakes up, it's after the American Revolution, but he still looks and thinks like someone from colonial America, so it's kind of funny. But now that you know or have been reminded of the original Rip Van Winkle story, this will help you to understand this newer version by Oliver Wendell Holmes, Rip Van Winkle, M.D. This newer version is about the grand 
son of Rip Van Winkle, who is also named Rip Van Winkle. So, that can be kind of confusing. The story begins with him going to medical school and becoming a medical doctor, or MD. At some point around the year 1830, he falls asleep for 30 years. I, I guess long naps are just a, a curse of the Van Winkle family. He wakes up after the American Civil War and tries to practice medicine, but of course his knowledge and skills are 30 years behind. So funny stuff happens due to his out-of-date techniques and knowledge. So hopefully that'll help you understand the the poem as I read through it. Alright, on to my usual ear-to-ear tucking, and then the special fade out to fully tranquilize your brain squirrels. Alright, here's your tucking. If your lights are Turn off the screen and set it aside while you continue to listen. Adjust your pillows just the way you like them. Adjust your covers and sheets just the way you like them. position. You can lie on your side. You can lie on your back. Or you can try lying on your front. Whichever is the most for you. Next, relax the muscles in your legs. Relax the muscles in your arms. Relax the muscles your mind on one good thought from today. It may be 
be something good that happened to you. It may be something good someone did for you. Or it may be something good you did for someone else. This will be the happy thought you'll focus on find your mind wandering during the fade-out. Finally, allow your entire body to fully relax. Focus your mind on that one happy thought. And for the next few seconds, Settle your breathing rate to a pace that feels relaxing and comfortable for you. And then I'll begin the fade out. Rip Van Winkle, MD by Oliver Wendell. Old Rip Van Winkle had a grandson Rip of the paternal block, a genuine chip, a lazy, sleepy, curious kind of chap. He, like his grandsire, took a mighty nap. Where of the story? I propose to tell in two brief cantos, if you listen well. The times were hard when Rip to manhood grew. They always will be when there's work to do. He tried at farming, found it rather slow, and then at teaching what he didn't know. Listener, for 
did not fail to carve his name on every bench and rail. Months grew to years, at least he counted three, and Rip Van Winkle found himself M.D., illustrious title in a gilded frame. He set the sheepskin with his Latin name, Ripum Van Winkleum Quemwiskimus No Idonium Essay to do so-and-so. He hired an office, soon its walls displayed, his new diploma and his stock in trade. A mighty arsenal to subdue disease of various names whereof I mention these. Lancets and pokies, great and little squirt, rhubarb and senna, snake root, thoroughwort, Sassafras and Sassafril, Brandy for colics, Pink Root, Death on Worms, Valerian, Calmer of Hysteric Squirms, Musk, Asaphrodita, the resinous gum, named for its odor. Does smell some to lap that works not wisely but too well. Ten pounds of bark and six of calomel for outward griefs. He had an ample store, some twenty jars and gallopots or more. Seratum simplex. Housewives oft compile the same at home and call it wax and aisle. Ungentum resinosum changed its name, the drawing salve of many an ancient dame. Argenti nitrous, also Spanish flies, whose virtue makes the water bladders rise. Some say that spread on a topper's skin, they draw no water, only rum or gin. Leeches, sweet vermin, don't they charm the sick? And sticking plaster, how it hates to stick.
and Blastrobery, Ditto Picus, Pitch, Washes and Powders, Brimstone for the Witch, Scabies, or Psoriasis, is thy chosen name, since Hanuman's goose quill scratched thee into fame. Proved thee the source of every nameless ill, whose soul specific is the moonshine pill. Till saucy science, with a quiet grin, held up the acarus, crawling on a pin. Mountains have labored, and it brought forth mice. The Dutchman's theory hatched a brood of twice. Up well nigh set them, words unfitting quite, for these fair precincts, and for ears polite. The surest foot made chance at last to slip, and so at length they proved with Dr. Rip. One full-sized bottle stood on the shelf, which held the medicine that he took himself. Whatever the reason, it must be confessed, he filled that bottle often, more often than rest. What drug it held, I don't presume to know. The gilded label said, Elixir Pro. One day the doctor found the bottle full, and being thirsty, took a vigorous pull. Put back the elixir where it was always found, and Ettel Dobbin saddled and brought around. You know those old-time rhubarb-colored nags that carried doctors and their saddlebags? Sagacious beasts, they stopped at every place. Where blinds were shut, they knew every patient's case. Looked up and thought, the baby's in a fit. That won't last long. He'll soon be through it. But shook their heads before the knocker door, where some old lady told the story o'er, whose endless stream of tribulation flows from gastric griefs and peristaltic woes. What jack-o'-lantern led him from his way, and where it led him it were hard to say. Enough that wandering many a weary mile through the paths the mountain sheep trod single file. Overcome by feelings such as patients know, who dose too freely with elixir pro. He tumbled, dismounted, slightly in a heap, and lay promiscuous, lapped in a deep sleep. Night followed night, and day succeeded day.
but snoring still, the slumbering doctor lay. Poor Dobbin starving, thought upon his stall, and straggled homeward, saddlebags and all. The village people hunted all around, but Rip was missing, never could be found. Drowned, they guessed, for more than half a year. The pouts and eels did taste uncommon queer. Some said of apple brandy, others some found a strong flavor of New England rum. Why can't a fellow hear the fine things said about a fellow when a fellow's dead? The best of doctors, so the press declared, a public blessing while his life was spared. True to his country, bounteous to the poor, in all things temperate, sober, just, and pure. The best of husbands echoed his van and set her cap to catch another man. So ends this canto, if it's quantum suff, we'll just stop here and say we've had enough and leave poor Rip to sleep for thirty years. I grind the organ if you lend your ears. To hear my second canto, after that, we'll send around the monkey with the hat. Part two. So thirty years had passed, but not a word, and all that time of Rip was ever heard. The world wagged on, it never does go back. The widow Van was now the widow Mac. France was an empire, Andrew Jackson was dead, and Abraham Lincoln was reigning in his stead. Four warsome years had passed in savage strife. Yet still the rebel held his sharpened knife. At last one morning, who forgets the day when the black cloud of war dissolved away? The joyous tidings spread over land and sea. Rebellion done for, Grant has captured Lee. Up every flagstaff, Spring the stars and stripes, outrushed the extras, wild with mammoth types. Down went the laborer's odd, the schoolboy's book. Hooray, he cried, the rebel army's been took. Ah, what a time, the folks, all mad with joy, each fond pale mother, thinking, of her boy. Old gray hair fathers meeting, have you heard? And then a joke, and not another word.
sisters all smiling, maidens not less dear, and trembling boys between a smile and a tear. Poor Bridget thinking how she'll stuff the plums in that big cake for Johnny when he comes. Cripples afoot, rheumatics on the jump, old girls so loving they could hug the bump. Guns going bang from every fort and ship. They bang so loud at last they wakened rip. I spare the picture how a man appears who's been asleep a score or two of years. Well, so it was. Old Rip at last came back, claimed his old wife, the present Widow Mac. At his old sign regilded, and began to practice medicine on the same old plan. Some weeks went by, it was not long to wait, and pleased to call, grew frequent on the slate. He had, in fact, an ancient, mildewed air, a long gray beard, a plentous lack of hair. That musty look that always recommends your good old doctor to his ailing friends. Talk of your science, after all is said, there's nothing like a bear and shiny head. Age lends the graces that are sure to please. Folks want their doctors moldy, like their cheese. So Rip began to look at people's tongues and thump their briskets, called it sound their lungs. He brushed up his knowledge smartly as he could, read an old cullen and in Dr. Good. The town was healthy for a month or two. He gave the sexton little work to do. About the time when dog day heats begin, the summer's usual maladies slowly set in. With autumn evenings, dysentery came dusky typhoid lit his smoldering flame. The blacksmith ailed, the carpenter was down, and half the children sickened in the town. The sexton's face grew shorter than before. The sexton's wife, a brand new bonnet, wore. Things looked quite serious. Death had got a grip on old and young, in spite of Dr. Rip. And now the squire was taken with a chill. Wife gave hot drops at night, an Indian pill. Next morning, feverish, bedtime getting worse. Out of his head, he began 
Dr. Sent for Double Quirky Game and Tart Grant Duo and repeat the same. If no, etc. Third day, nothing new. Percussed his thorax till it was black and blue. Lung fever threatening, something of the sort. Out with the lancet, let him bleed a quart. Ten leeches next, then blisters to his side. Ten grains of calomel, just then he died. The deacon next required the doctor's care. Took cold by sitting in a draft of air. Pains in the back, but what the matter is, not quite so clear, wife calls it rheumatiz. Rubs back with flannel, gives him something hot. Ah, says the deacon, that goes nigh the spot. Next day a rigor, run, my little man, and say the deacon sends for Dr. Van. The doctor came, percussion as before, thumping and banging till his ribs were sore. Right side the flattest, then more vigorous raps, fever that certain, pleurisy perhaps. A quart of blood released the pain, no doubt. Next, will help to suck it out. Then clap a blister on the painful part. But first, two grains of antimonium dart. Last, with a dose of cleansing calomel, unload the portal system. That sounds well. But when these ancient Remedies were tried, as all the village knew, the squire had died. The neighbors hinted, this will never do. He's killed the squire, he'll kill the deacon too. Now, when a doctor's patients are perplexed, a consultation comes in order next. You know what that is, in a certain place, meet certain doctors to discuss a case, and other matters, such as weather, crops, potatoes, pumpkins, lager beer, and hops. For what's the use, there's little to be said, nine times in ten. Your man's as good as dead. At best to talk, the secret to disclose, where three men guess, and sometimes one man knows. The council summoned came without delay. Young Dr. Green and shrewd old Dr. Gray. They heard the story 
says Dr. Green. That's downright murder. Cut his throat, you mean. Leeches. The reptiles. Why, for pity's sake, not try an adder or a rattlesnake. Blisters. Why, bless you, they're against the law. It's rank assault and battery, if they draw. Tartrate of antimony, shade of Luke. Stomachs turn pale at thought of such rebuke. The portal system. What's the man about? Unload your nonsense. Calomel's played out. You've been asleep. You'd better sleep away. Till someone calls you. Stop, says Dr. Gray. The story is you slept for thirty years. With Brother Green, I own that it appears. You must have slumbered. Most amazing sound. But sleep once more. Till thirty years come round. You'll find the lancet in its honored place. Leeches and blisters. Rescued from disgrace. Your drugs redeemed from fashion's passing scorn, and counted safe to give to babes unborn. Poor sleepy rip, the antique MD, a puzzled, serious, saddened man was he. Home from the deacon's house, he plodded slow, and filled one cup with Elixir Pro. Goodbye, he faltered. Miss Van, my dear, I'm going to sleep, but wake me once a year. I don't like bleaching in the frost and dew. I'll just take the barn if it's all the same to you. Just once a year, remember. No mistake, cry, Rip Van Winkle, time for you to wake. Watch for the week in May, when laylocks blow, for then the doctors meet, and I must go. Just once a year, the doctor's worthy dame goes to the barn and shouts her husband's name. Come. Rip Van Winkle, giving him a shake. Rip, Rip Van Winkle, time for you to wake. Laylocks and Blossom, tis the month of May. The doctor's meeting is this blessed day. And come what will, you know I heard you swear. You'd never miss it, but be always there. And so it is, as every year comes around, old Rip Van Winkle here is always found. You'll quickly know him by his mildewed air, the hayseed sprinkled through his scanty hair, the lichens growing 
on his rusty suit. I've seen a toadstool sprouting on his boot. Who says I lie? Does any man presume? Toadstool, no matter. Call it a mushroom. Where is his seat? He moves it every year. But look, you'll find him. He's always here. Perhaps you'll track him by a whiff you know. A certain flavor of Elixir Pro. Now then, I give you, as you seem to think, we can give toasts without a drug to drink. Health to the mighty sleeper. Long live he, our brother Rip, the antique MD. This is the end of tonight's fade out. I hope you are.